What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Human Derek Podcast. I am Derek. I am also a human. At least that's what we've been calling this thing. And uh, when I say this thing, I mean this experience of being on planet Earth. Unless you do think that we're in a simulation, then it's all an illusion. Ah, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. It's not what we're talking about today. Um, but we're going to jump into this episode after a quick commercial break. Boom. I don't know if we call it a break because, I mean, we just started with 17 seconds ago, not even 17 seconds ago, but let's plug a sponsor, a uh, sponsor of today's episode, Shady Lion Coffee. Oh my goodness. By the way, uh, just had some with the podcast guests, uh, Mariana, 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 when I make sure I say that right. And it's a new roast that came out. It was so good. It's so good. It's also very strong. Some of the other Shady Lion coffees, they're not that like kick you in the butt, amplify, you know, you're going to go through caffeine withdrawals kind of feelings, you know, but this one, uh, not that they're going to go through withdrawals or anything, but this one had a kick. It's the, it's called La Jolla Vibe. It's a Kona blend. So it's a Hawaiian coffee. Um, you know, most of those Kona blend coffees that you get at the store, they're supposed to have at least 10% Kona beans, and hopefully they do, and they'll say 10% on the bag, um, but this one has 20%, so double your average Kona blend, and they're the same shady line quality, just super premium, high quality, tastes good. If you've never tried the coffee, one of the most common things that people say about it is, I feel like I don't need to mask the flavor of this coffee. I can actually, I got a message from actually this one guy this morning. He's like, he's like, this is a coffee where you can, when you read all the little tasting notes of the fruit and the, you know, whatever stuff is going on, the smoky, savory feeling, he's like, you can actually taste it when you drink the coffee. It's not, it's not just something they say. And that's because these beans are fresh. They're super good. They are, there's love put into the process of growing, you know, uh, cropping, grabbing the coffee, just everything from top to bottom, the, the washing process. And you can, you can taste it. You can feel it in this one too. So check out some of the new roasts from Shady Lion Coffee. That's S-H-A-D-Y Lion, L-I-O-N, like lion, like rar, shadylion.com. They've got a new ninja espresso or French roast, depends on how you look at it. If you're going to make it a coffee, then it's uh, like it would be considered a French roast. Um, or you could use it as espresso beans. So that one packs a punch, the ninja roast. Uh, there's also the La Jolla Vibe Roast. There's two versions of that, by the way. There's a 100% Kona. So you're drinking like pure 100% you know, Kona Hawaiian beans, which is known as some of the greatest coffee on the planet, less than 1% of all coffee in the world comes from Hawaii. So again, you're in that top 1%. I mean, Shady Line, they're just crushing it as usual with what they do. Uh, and then there's the Brazilian uh, Maraki Ton. Maraki Ton is like a, it's a really a Amazonian like symbol of fertility, fortune, good luck. It's got a big frog on it. So that's from the Cerrado region of Brazil, which is actually not up there in the Amazon, but the symbol on the bag is the Marakitang. It's a uh, good luck fortune. And then you've got the, you know, really the signature Ethiopian. So man, Shady Line Coffee going big all the time. 
Uh, I just started drinking this Kona blend, you know, knew it was going to be a big hit, but also wanted to get into it for a little bit um, before I really gave it the full plug and it is so good. So today's episode is sponsored by Shady Lion and then our guest, our guest on the show, the Mariana, Mariana, um, say it without my terrible accent, but uh, she is just super cool. I've known her now for maybe a couple few years. Gosh, I don't even know when we met, but uh, she's just a, a really great person down here in Southern California, originally from Mexico, and uh, she's doing a lot of great things in life. She's super fun to sit down and talk to you, so I hope you'll enjoy the show. We talk about um, some of the differences in culture. You know, she's on this new venture that's pretty exciting, and she gives a plug at the very end, too, with her website and things like that if you want to track her down, or you can go on my Instagram Human Derek, you can go follow me on Instagram. Uh, check me out there, and you'll just see one of the posts where she's tagged in it as well. So uh, don't forget to you know follow the show so you can keep updated on new episodes and tell your friends. Here we go. See, this is the real secret of life: to be completely engaged with the here and now. Everybody wants to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. It was all a dream. Today is about the power of you. You've now entered the Human Derek Podcast. Get into it. Sound good? Good. Excellent. All right. Uh, cheers. Ooh, that's so hot. Cheers. Thank you for the mushrooms. Yeah. Let's uh, clarify what kind of mushrooms are those. <laughs> the magic mushrooms. The Kim oh. Kardashian mushrooms. I'll put my phone on. Do not disturb, too. Just straight airplane. Uh, ta-da. Kim Kardashian mushrooms. <laughs> They're out of this world. They are influencer mushrooms. Yes. What kind of influencer? Like Ray J influencer or like <laughs> cosmetic line influencer? Like body shape. <laughs> body shape. Body, body wear or something like that. She's doing right now. I don't know. Cool. I know way too much about them, but more I, than I want to know. I guess I might need to start picking your brain. So also uh, on this thing, if you want, so you can like, yeah, you have total okay. wiggles. The only thing you don't want to do is pull up on the arm. Like the first thing I did? Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> everybody pulls it out. I've done it several okay. times. So yeah, right. it just kind of moves. You can wiggle and okay. gestures. Excellent. Uh, so here, we should probably do a photo real quick too. Do a... Wow, there's so much going on in the background. <laughs> we're going to have to do it. We're going to do another one of those later. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going there's on. There's like clothes and we should clarify with that. Okay, already all kinds of weird stuff going on. Uh <laughs> It's like a beach bag, an exercise bike. I love it. A, a vintage exercise bike. What do you mean vintage? That like, nobody uses those anymore. Oh, actually, you are, I want to say incorrect, but mm. super incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really popular uh, with mixed martial artists uh -huh. because uh, the harder you go, the harder they go. And so when you get to like a high level athlete like myself, obviously, mm, right? Uh, and what do you sound sarcastic? Uh, you no, know, but you, they're just uh, they're, you don't need it. Like I don't know, it's a it's an air bike for those of you. That when are was the last time you used it? Two days ago. Really? For how long? Yeah. Uh, just kind of depends. Sometimes I'll go for like forty minutes, and sometimes it's just like 
20 minutes. So yeah, I love that thing. I got that in 2020 when I tore my ACL because the gyms are closed. Uh, and so that thing really helped me. Like I jumped on it literally daily. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time I had a bunch of knee damage, I learned that a recumb- it's not really a recumbent bike, but that bike style pedaling really helps keep your legs strong and helps your ligaments heal. And also going to the beach and swimming right right here. Like literally yeah. right I don't know if you remember the year 2020. I do. But they had, in California, they had police lined up at the park with caution tape. So Yeah, I know. I mean. Dick moves. Still. Yeah. It's like a huge bike. It's huge. It fits perfectly right there. <laughs> it does. It's so wrong. It goes well with the podcast table. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the kettlebell collection and the miniature tree. Mm-hmm. And the actual bike up there. Actual bike. Yeah, the actual bike. You got to go outside and like talk to people sometimes. And they were like, hey, you know, when you're riding that. So just do it's the bike. a whole different culture, though. Do the bike in here. I know it's outdoors. Mm-hmm. I'm still on that 2020 <laughs> caveman status. So we were, that was funny. We both took, took, took a sip at the same time. <laughs> The pause. So, I mean, we just, we, we started like three conversations right before we turned this on too. We started talking about food and chicken soup and putting you to sleep. Yeah. And then what was the other thing we started talking about? Um, the, the, the coffee book with, oh, the, with the girl, Ethiopian that, coffee cool. girl. That's cool. Ethiopian coffee girl. Uh, what was the other one? I feel like we. Uh, my trailer. Yeah. Well, we can, okay. We'll just start going. Let's go with the food thing first. We'll food just, thing. we'll start there with the food thing. Okay. So you were saying that you made some kind of chicken soup and it like knocked your boyfriend out. Yeah. yeah. It didn't do anything to me. You know, I was totally fine. Like I was, I mean, was, it, was he just already me. tired or he really thought it was a soup? I, I, I think he really <laughs> thought it was a soup. Cause he asked me like three times, like, what you put in the soup? What you put in? He doesn't really sleep that well. So oh. apparently I make magic chicken soup that makes you sleep. So it was a, it was a good thing then. I'll bring you some. I will totally take it. So, you know, the I when we started that conversation, because I was talking about how I ate a banana and then KO'd. Mm-hmm. And it was the first banana I've eaten in, I don't know, a year or a year and a half. Super weird, because I used to live off bananas and fruit, like, all the time. And right around the end of 2020, early 2021, um, something started changing. Like, I started getting very nauseous in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, my energy was sort of whack. And just all this weird stuff that I'd never experienced before. And I just kept thinking, oh, it's because everybody's like caged up like animals. We're not supposed to be that way. So this is like, and I'm not eating as great as I normally would and, you know, whatever. And then fast forward and I started meeting with doctors and being like, man, I'm nauseous. And, you know, every morning when I wake up and um, after uh, finally found a naturopath that could figure something out, but she did all these crazy tests. Like yeah, uh, naturopaths, they always get it. Yeah, she, I mean, yeah, we did, you know, we ended up doing, and I've done some other, like, really advanced genetic testing, too, and it just really said she was right on the money. For whatever reason, in the last two years, my body has decided that when I eat fruit, it thinks that the fruit is trying to kill me, and it kicks in with an autoimmune response, so it tries to attack it as, like, a foreign, yeah, so it... So like I ate that banana and I passed. I was trying to test it because I'm like, I haven't eaten fruit in so long. I want to see what's going on. Uh-huh. And it also could have been that I was tired and I ate some other stuff around it too. So maybe not. But that was, it was pretty funny like how fast 
that that happened. And um, yeah, it's caused all kinds of crazy stuff. But when you dig into it, it, there's a certain percentage of the population that has the same thing. There's no name for it yet. Yeah. Just like the Don't Eat Fruit crew. And uh, uh, you have to even watch out for stuff like citric acid, right? Yeah. So when you start looking in ingredients, even in lotion and shampoo and soap and so many things. Like the U.S., we just put so much stuff on our food and there's citric acid all over the place. Yeah. So it's been a wild couple of years for food. Well, they also say that you, your metabolism changes every three or four years. And like to me, that was so true. I lived in Alaska for like two years. And right when I made the move, just my body just started like rejecting some like some like basil. 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 That's like, random. And it's not like it grows there or anything. Like I wasn't adapting <laughs> to like living there or anything. But yeah. like I would eat basil and I would throw up. Whoa. Like it, it had to, like pizza had to have no basil in it for like two years. And now I'm slowly kind of introducing it back again, but I can feel my body kind of going like, wait, we didn't used to like this, you know? Yeah, you got to be, you can like go ahead and, I I do wipe them down and clean them so you can like (laughs) make love to the microphone if you want to get all up in it. I replace these little things too, so you don't have a bunch of other people's stuff on there. It should be pretty good. Okay, good. Uh, Good So maybe that hair, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) wait a second, I might be mine from testing it, Uh, but. How old were you when that happened? Um, I was like 20. No, that's not true. It's like 31, 32. Okay. Because huh. I also, I've heard from people like, oh, these things just happen as you get older. And I'm like, I don't know, do they, do they have to happen? And I've spent, you know, because of this, I'm like one of those guys where I'm like, okay, I want to figure this out. And I've just talked and had so many conversations, <laughs> read so many books, went down so many rabbit holes talked to so many different versions of doctors and the the doctors you go to at like the hospital they're just it's really interesting how clueless they are and how like low tech the blood tests are and things like that i mean mm-hmm. they just do this basic stuff that doesn't really it only kind of guides you in the direction of you know here's a pill and that should make it go away well yeah they try to like compartmentalize like people that are so different into like this, well, if you don't fit in this box, then you have to fit in this one. And then you can't be like your own thing, you know? And then just see like all the sides of like, what are you eating? How often do you exercise? Like, what did you grow (laughs) up eating too? Like I heard this guy, um, he's a kind of like a self-made naturopath. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, he gives you he gives you a diet based on like your blood type. Hmm. Yeah. Because he's like, well, you're O negative, right? Like like the most common one, or is it O positive, the most common one? Uh-huh. The most common one. Um and then it depends on like also like where your family is from. That's huge. That's what and, I've been learning. Yeah. Meaning like if you you know, if you're like like Latin like me, then you're used to more like corn and like mm-hmm. less less like flour right yep so more more tortillas less bread yeah and it's really not flour tortillas though no oh they're the best sadly no they're not <laughs> i know they're just they, they feel good <laughs> they're this like i love these like dehydrated cactus cacti yeah tortillas, they're so tortillas. yeah okay I've had cacti and like burritos, and that's always pretty cool. Yes. When I see that, I'm like, all right, this is real. It's a superfood. 
Is it? Oh, might sign up for more of that. <laughs> Do you, but I mean, that's ultimately, you know, I mean, if you look at me, even up in the sun a lot, I'm still almost transparent. Mm-hmm. So I'm like super white. And if you think about where people, like where my genetics came from, they really didn't come from places where there was tropical fruit. Right. Growing. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, it kind of makes sense. And uh, I did back in 2017, I did this all vegan, you know, raw plant diet. Did it because this girl I was dating was doing it. And I was like, I'll try anything just to see if it's, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it's bad for me if, I'm, if I've never tried it. Did it for three months. And the agreement was she was doing a lot of the cooking and like helping me to make sure yeah, I didn't yeah. fall off. And it was really awesome. Like really stuck to it. And then that relationship started ending. So I was like, I'm just going to try this all meat thing. And it was like 2017. I'm like, might as well <laughs> go from polar opposite. one to the other. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, cause I was like really starting to lag on the vegan thing. I know a lot of vegan people are like, Oh, you have to push through it and take supplements. I mean, I, I had my raw genetic DNA. I was taking all the B vitamins, all the stuff, and mm-hmm. just wasn't working for me. I went all meat, and I had a ton of energy. I mean, I was, like, cooking steaks for breakfast. Yeah. And I guess I was eating eggs and some things like that, but I was barely hungry. I'd eat, like, once or twice a day, ton of energy. Mm-hmm. Like, skin was super healthy. And I think about that now because I'm like, huh, you know, I just got to make that maybe commitment to doing that, and I wonder if that would... Well, you're not that age things. anymore, too. Oh, thanks for reminding Sorry. me. Sorry. I still <laughs> feel that age. That's that's good. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying I'm getting older? <laughs> Sadly, we all are. No. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I used to dance a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the all-protein diet was great for me. Like I could have meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'd have four meals, four or five meals a day. It was great. Even if I dance that much right now, I like can't even eat that much anymore. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I just want to be young forever. I know yeah. we're trying. I remember I used to eat like a whole pie. You know, I'd like eat dinner yeah. and be like, "This half of the pie is for me," and I'd feel fine. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'd convince myself that the calories were helping me build muscle. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I worked out twice today. Like. This is just gonna. This is gonna benefit me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why my stomach went to crap. <laughs> Started getting like, cold in your gut, and yeah, now you're trying you're to like. like I'm not supposed to eat a half of an apple pie. No. And that's no. the other thing too. In the U.S., though, you know, we do have a lot of uh, just extra things we allow. If you think about like makeup chemicals, like in Europe, there's. I've read different things, but somewhere between thirty and a hundred and something like extra chemicals that are banned in cosmetics that we just totally allow here and we oh, know that yeah, they're yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you yeah is this yeah. like pretty I'm, common I'm in the so female realm with that. yes there's so now you have to look for well you don't have to right but if you want to get the best makeup line you have to look for what they don't allow so for 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 a while there i did um i mean can i plug it right, right what? here can i can, like, like go for it yeah <laughs> for a while i did a beauty counter and they don't allow like 127, 120 something. So what is it called? Beauty counter. Cool. Now I can hit them up for a sponsorship. Just kidding. You should. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard about them in a while. Okay. Uh, but they were, they were big in Alaska for some reason. Everyone there is like very, you know, like it's like a hippie town, like Juno's. Hmm. So um, things like that and mushrooms and like 
doing like a thermography as opposed to like a mammogram, stuff like that is like more talked about and like experienced over there rather than here, I suppose. I mean, mm. un- unless you're in like La Jolla or. Yeah, they are pretty big on like natural health here, which is interesting, right? It's a super wealthy community and they're like, yeah, we don't go to the regular doctor because we have money. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Something to be said for that. The, you know, I didn't realize Alaska was a bunch of hippies too, but. Only Juno. Only Juno. Only Juno. Everything like Anchorage and like maybe Sitka or something like like that. Rugged fishermen and bear wrestlers for some reason. That's the rest of Alaska, but not Juno. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I used to use that example when people are like, oh, meat, that sounds bad for you. You can't eat too much meat, you know, and we're learning that all of the stuff that was, you know, proposed about cholesterol is pretty much garbage for the Mm -hmm. most part. And you take a group of like the Inuits, right, the original Alaskans who were living off of, and I I don't know everything, but I know a lot of, you know, seal and fats. Oh, like literally the fat. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like 0% cardiovascular disease until they got introduced to Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 There's, um, I mean, they, the lifestyle over there is just like very different, right? Like not just the temperature and like the fact that two or three weeks in the winter are like darker, you know, Yeah. but, um, you go to this, like maybe like native, um, meetings or like gatherings or whatever. And they, um, and they're like packing like little clams, and they're like they're mm. they're like masters in canning, huh? Because they had to, right? For for like as long as like spring is in, yeah, and then the sense. summer is in. It's like everything is like just there's so much of everything, you know? Like little, little uh, there's fireweed, which is like a little flower that they like use for sweeteners and like tea and all of that, and it has all these properties. And wow. they just harvest it, and then like have a bunch of different ways of keeping it like throughout like the year fireweed fireweed okay that sounds yeah can you know that's candy is interesting because as i'm looking for more ways to like not eat fruit and vegetables because apparently they're not good for me so screw you food pyramid yeah but algae uh, well uh yeah interesting but i've been looking at the the canning or not making my own stuff but i've i started buying a bunch of kippered snacks and clams Mm -hmm. and things in cans but i also went down the rabbit hole of like what types of can from what companies because there's like this BPA is still being used in some cans right, and it's right, like right. why is it so hard to just get food that I can eat that's good for me what's going on out there but that is I wonder if there's any kind of like native local canned food that they ship out or some kind of a company up there that you could buy from well I know I, I know of one I can't think of the name right now but I'll, I'll look it up later um and I know they did. I mean, you should try algae. How, like just eating algae. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a bunch of different kinds, and mo- they even had like algae salsa, and it so, looks like salsa, like pico de gallo. You know, like I would say, tomatoes are fruit, by the way. So it's been very sad in that regards. Well, but uh, the I looked at a bunch of algae because there's like an algae store here. Yeah. I know. I go order uh, breakfast burritos across the street sometimes uh-huh. and they know me as the no pico guy <laughs> like the guy comes out of the back and i'm like what's up i gave him a christmas card once and so um anytime i put no pico he comes out and he's like hey uh and i had to explain to him what i'm like yeah way to win over the homies i'm like dude i love well because I, I knew he's like every time they'd make a burrito with no pico they're like what kind of a satanist is this right you know? yeah so there's something wrong with you definitely yeah, so i had to have that conversation i'm like trust me i love tomatoes i used to eat them all the time um, so literally no, like no tomatoes 
No onions. And like On, onions are cool. I mean, so... Just no fruits. As I've been going down this rabbit hole, I'm learning that a lot of people don't process plants properly mm-hmm. or in a good way. And there's also a lot of things in certain plants. It turns out kale is actually not that good for you. Or it depends on the person, right? It depends on your digestive enzymes, your background. Uh, I was in an Uber the other day, and this lady was, I guess, I don't even know, I was supposed to say African-American. or So is that the proper term now? But yeah. <laughs> she was super cool. We were talking for a while, and she had this book. And it was uh, uh, how to eat based on the amount of melanin you have. Oh. And it was like how the Western American diet, you know, nutrition plan is super bad for uh, certain groups of people. Right. And she was like, yeah, we're pretty much supposed to eat like this, this, and this. And this is why, you know, black people in America have the highest rate of cardiovascular disease and a bunch of other stuff she was in there. But it was... Super fascinating. So I just—I mean, once you, you said that about the meat, like it also depends on what kind of access you have to like good meat. Good meat. You can't go. Oh, I'm going to do the all meat diet, and I'm going to slab you know McDonald's hamburger patties. No, out of the, no, no, no. Yeah, like you have to spend some money at the butcher shop. Well, I kind of. Yeah, I do. I do see a sense of that. But if you go back to it too, and you think, cause I had someone talking about that too, or going like, Oh, well, it's hard to afford that or eggs are so expensive, mm-hmm. you know? But, you know, if you think about nutrition and you look at even feeding like three or four people, if you spend what, $8 right now on a dozen eggs, it's like 60 something cents an egg. Right. Whatever that math works out to, um, $8 for a dozen eggs is still way cheaper than going to, McDonald's, Wendy's, or whatever, a bunch of other stuff. Right. So, and, and with meat, if you're going to be more full, because you actually cook it right, you don't add in all this junk that makes you hungrier two hours later. Exactly. Yeah, you, the, you have the sense of uh, like satisfaction, quote unquote satisfaction, for like yeah. an hour, two hours, and then you're hungry again, even though you ate a Big Mac. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's not. No bueno. No but the, bueno. The algae thing you're talking about, though. I did go to that algae store, the two. Yeah. Um, and it was super cool, except every single jar of algae that they had had some type of fruit or something woven into it because apparently it doesn't taste that good. So they tried to make it all taste good. Yeah. And so that tanked for me, too. So I totally tried that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to look for the, the. I mean, if you can get pure, no citric acid. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, There's actually this thing that grows in the trees there. And it, I mean, so it's technically like a, a rainforest. Mm-hmm. There. So there's an algae that grows on the trees, and it's called old man's beard. Okay. And it looks like like if you put it up to your face, like it looks like a like a long like, a white picture of what you're doing right now. I got to get video on this. <laughs> I, I do have a picture of that actually. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that one is supposed to be like anti acid and this like. It has all this collagen in it, and and just people drink it there. I didn't think it tasted bad. Yeah, but I mean, a I'll, bunch of fireweed in it. I don't really care. I mean, that for me, taste is like a like I went to this Chinese herbalist and was trying to take stuff to help my stomach. You know, and I didn't really think we didn't even talk about the taste. They're just they kept calling it medicine, and they made some special concoction. And the first mm-hmm. time I took a you know spoonful of that stuff, I was like, "Whoa, this is medicine for sure." And they're like, "Yeah, it's not designed <laughs> to taste good, but it's." It's like when you're committed to, for me, if I'm committed to making something better or it's going to help me, like sometimes you just get over it, right? Yeah, you get over it and you get used to it. I did um, um, 
Ayurveda for a while. Okay. And one of my concoctions was I used to make, like, I had to make this powder mix and then put it in honey. Hmm. And it had to be like Manuka or Makuna. What is it, what's the name Manuka? of it? Manuka? Yeah. yeah. Makuna Matata? What? <laughs> And then, like, put it in the, the, and then just like have it like a, a spoonful of honey hmm. with the powder, and it just did make me like just sweat so much just for like half an hour after I took that. Weird. But you know, sweating it all out, just kicking it out. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, the the treatment was supposed to be for like a month, two months, and by day twenty, I was like, it was for me to get like regular periods, huh. and by day twenty, I was like. Boom, got it. Second like month, regular again. Like it's it I worked. Mean, outside of the US, there's so much good what well, have you ever had experience in healthcare outside of the US? Yeah. Okay, what was it like comparatively? I mean I I grew up in Mexico, right? So For those of you that don't know that's Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> Just give it our time. <laughs> Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> um and it's it's just a, a lot more common to look for something other than Western mm-hmm. medicine there. Yeah. So it's you know you talk about like going to the uh, doctor for like homeopathic remedies and you know like your grandma usually has the remedy you need. Yeah, and it's like a plant or uh, something that you like. It just came out of the earth and yeah. it makes you better. It's not this thing that was designed in a lab and you got to take it for the rest of your life. Nope. And you got to take ten other things to make up for what that thing does. Exactly. To you. Yeah. The, like the, the side, side effects may include eternal death. Right. Whole <laughs> like, like damnation forever. Yeah, and fifty more side effects. Yes. And come back tomorrow. Right, and then like a headache, so that you don't even feel like you're getting better. Yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, I. I uh, I had what they called the gringo sickness when I lived in the Amazon. It oh, like, what is that? They just, it's like your body adjusts or has to make this adjustment because mm-hmm. it's just so different in terms of what's going on around you, the environment, the bacteria, the air. And so it was kind of just felt like a, like a cold or something for a couple of days, except it wiped me out like pretty bad. Like I've been just laying there going, all right, this is like pretty bad. Uh, we call it Moctezuma's revenge. What's that? Montezuma's revenge. Oh, <laughs> Ah, it, no, I've heard of that, <laughs> but that is a little bit different. Yeah, luckily, I was good to go in that department. Good. Um, but the first thing I went to the doctor, they're like, yeah, let's just, you know, we want to make sure. So they, like, they had me do a stool sample. Mm-hmm. We don't do that here almost at all. No. You know? And yeah, that's like, that tells true. so much about your body. And we just completely ignore it. Yeah, and in, in, in Mexico, is like, very common. Like, you yeah. go to the doctor and he most likely is going to ask you for, like, stool and urine sample. I think about when you go to the vet sometimes for an animal, they go, what does your dog's poop look like? Yeah. Right? But we, for some reason with people, like it's taboo it's or, or it might, it might actually reveal too much that we could yes. fix. Yes. Yeah. That's true. I never thought about it that yeah. way. It's all scam. Interesting. So all, all of you in med school listening to this, quit your shit right now. <laughs> Just kidding. We need you for heart surgery and Go stuff. to the Orient. Go to the Orient? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Study nutrition. Why is it that like... Doctors don't spend more time studying nutrition. Well, I mean... It's like a course. Yeah, I mean, some of them are pretty knowledgeable, but I I feel like there's a sense of, you know, it's, there's, I mean, there's no practice what you preach thing, so you kind of lose it, right? Right. And a lot of it's old stuff, too, Mm -hmm. going back to the food pyramid thing. It's eat, 
you know, well, now they're starting to say, you know, well, don't eat as much bread or it kind of depends. But I think the other thing too, is if you look at the information the doctors get, like most of the education they get once they're, once they're past medical school, think about faster information is moving. Right. There's a company called 10X Health. And I mean, I've done so many different nutrition and blood tests in the last few years. It's wow. I've been trying to figure this stuff out. <laughs> and these guys are like, this is just a, you know, these are like business guys, but they're super smart and they read things and they do have consultants that are like very educated in biology and things like that. Mm-hmm. You take a test and they'll give you a printout and say, based on exactly what your genes are doing right now, like, or your, your, you know, way your body responded and your genetics, like here's the vitamins you should take here's the food you should eat and the people that are following that program are just going like this is crazy i lost 30 pounds in three months from following yeah or i'm you know my skin is glowing i'm sleeping better i was on all these pills and it's just like i want to try it now yeah it's i there's a guy his name is mike he's pretty cool so i just got my report haven't started taking the things yet or do anything, but I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this is, you know, this is wild. Like, this is just. Does it include fruits? Uh, I don't. I don't think I said anything about fruit. Actually, they might have missed that. One. <laughs> they did say I needed, but but here's a, something interesting, right? What if I take the supplements that they recommend and change some of the other food recommendations? And what if I'm able to eat fruits? Right, and process because like genetically, a yeah, exactly. So that is my. That's what I've been searching for. Instead of. Going, oh, well, I can never eat a banana again. Right. I'm looking for how do I build my, you know, gut health and, and body up to be able to process things. Yeah. Properly. Have you tried like fruits that aren't necessarily kind of like native to California? Well. Like maybe papayas. Yeah. I mean, I've tried a, I mean, I've tried a lot of, I used to eat a ton of mangoes too. Uh-huh. Where it really sparked was when I was like, I was just going to do this kind of weekend juice uh, fast or yeah, cleanse yeah. or everything. I was just going to drink juice for a couple of days. And I've done that a lot, in the, or not a lot, but I've done it enough in the past where it's like, it's this good reset, feel yeah, really yeah. good. And I did it like Friday evening, Saturday, and by Sunday, I was a zombie. Like I was so tired. And I'm like, oh, this is the worst juice cleanse ever. I was dehydrated. I wanted to nap all day. I woke up Monday morning feeling like garbage. And I'm like, what is going on here? You know, this is not what happens usually yeah. when you fast or eat less or whatever. So that was kind of my initial. And these were just all these. I mean, this was like celery and orange juice and stuff like that. So celery juice. And, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, what I what I have learned and I, I think I have this right, is kind of cool, is that like pineapple, for example, yeah, genetically is not a fruit, it's a cactus. No so, shit. So that's kind of cool. So I did go through okay. come through little phases of eating a crap ton of pineapple. Mm-hmm. Although the, I mean, do you do well with it? It seems to be okay. Okay. And the natural rats was like, yeah, just, you know, don't overdo it. You should I, try the tuna, the, well, we call it tuna, but it's not tuna. It's uh, like the cactus. Jackfruit? No. So cacti has a little bit, like a, like a small little red fruit. You oh. can eat that. Huh. And it's pretty sweet. Never heard of it. Sign me up. I'll take yeah. it. I have a... I wish we could, like, transport fruit across the border, but it's... Not allowed. It's a no-go. It'd be too healthy. <laughs> right. No, and then, like, nothing that has seeds. You cannot transport anything that has seeds. No flowers. Oh, they don't want you growing cut. it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Border life is... 
the crossing board, the border a lot. It's, yeah. It has its own, like it's, it's its own fucking culture. So talk, talk more about that, you know? So you're, yeah, just give a little bit of background on life and. So I, I grew up in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't live here until I was like 31, 30, 31. Um, but I grew up like crossing the border a lot because it's like part of the culture there. Like you, like, like even going to Costco, even though we have one there, it's like no, they have different things at the San Diego Costco, right? And then they have different <laughs> things at the Encinitas Costco. Like you mm. know, that, that's if you're really serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just I grew up with like a bilingual culture and like having friends on both sides of the border, and and just like always knowing what the exchange rate was, <laughs> like always knowing like what. Um, what it was like to cross the border at like 10 a.m. versus like 4 a.m. versus like 3 p.m. versus like, you know, 10 p.m. on a weekday or in a weekday or in a weekend. And then like having different passes to cross. Now I have Sentry, which is great, but it's like it's got its own set of rules too. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 that was growing up. Okay. And now and, I live here. And now you live, how long have you lived here? Uh, like seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what is that like culturally in terms of, you know, your family? Were they like super supportive? Like, yeah, go to the other country. It, well, I mean, like I said, we, we like grew up like kind of like going back and forward. So to them, it didn't really seem like I was just like moving to the other side of the world. <laughs> um, it was just like close enough. Yeah. You know, so like I still see them, but I definitely don't see them as much as I did when I was like living there. Um, I think culturally it was, it wasn't like a huge shock. Um, but then when I was like by the second or third month, I was like, wow, life really is kind of different. Like it, it, it's like socially like more like kind of like scheduled. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's more like, oh, like we're going to meet at this place on, on like oh, like a week from now. And I just I used to think like, why can't we just talk that week? Like, you know, for me, it was just like like I used to see my friends like, oh, hey, you guys want to meet up later? You know, it was just like very like not, not so much of a schedule, you know, like people did things like down south. They they, they um you know, they, they get together on a Tuesday night. Like, they go have dinner or, like, fucking karaoke bar on a Thursday. And here it's like, no, you have to schedule it mm-hmm. and confirm. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it was like, okay, like, I don't know. I, I, now I'm used to it. Now I'm the one going, like, oh, just confirming next week. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, like, so professional when I do that. Mm. Yeah. It's like a sense of uh, significance. You know, I... Have you met Mauricio or Francesca? I think you met you met Francesca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met Francesca. She was talking about that too because they're you know they're from Italy. Yeah, and it's it is this you know there's there's different. Um, I think it's called collectivist culture, right? So uh-huh. you have different like cultural philosophies, and in a collectivist culture, you know, it's like you just stop by someone's house to say hi. Oh, totally. That's a normal thing. Yes. Here, it's like, why are you at my house? Yes. <laughs> Totally. It's like, like, wait, we didn't talk about, like, even if the person isn't doing anything, mm-hmm. like it's, it's still it's a violation of my, my personal space, space my mine. independent, yes. I moved out when I was 17 or 18 and right. I 
you know, that, that's, that's the other thing that's different. Like people will live with their parents or family until they're oh, married totally. or older. Yeah. Fine. I, I'm one of the few that like moved out like earlier than some of my friends. And I didn't move out because I was getting married. Like I moved out because I just wanted to move out. <laughs> right. Like I got this job that could have paid for rent and it was like, but what are you going to do? But there's no need, you know? And I'm just like, no, there is a need. <laughs> like I said, like I've, friends that are living in San Diego and they're all living in like their apartments and their parents expect them to not live there anymore. Like my cousin, he's the only one that kind of like grew up on this side of the border. So whenever we kind of like got together, it was like, he was like, why, why are you guys still at home? <laughs> like, why are you, you know, like you guys still came in the same car as your parents. <laughs> like stuff like that. Like, are you guys waiting for something? Or... Yeah. And to me, it made all the difference. Like I, I learned so much when I was like out on my own. Hmm. I still like visited my parents because was, there was still this kind of like sense of like, I abandoned you, you know, like I'm okay. Like just kind of coming over to just be like, I'm still alive. We're good. Yeah. Still, still working. Um, but it was definitely hard for my parents. Well, that's the, uh, that's the other thing too. I was like super on loud. I was like, "What's that?" Was there a fan? Uh, yeah. Oh. Are you hot or no? Okay, yeah. I was just I can hear it. Um, <laughs> I hear the fan. We'll just start uh, the whole thing over again. The, oh my god! <laughs> now the uh, the editing robot will take care of that probably. Okay. But the, you know, your, it sounds like your parents actually wanted you to be home too. But there is a strong sense again in the U.S. This the diff, you know not a non-collectivist thing that they refer to just as an individualist culture. Mm-hmm. It's this get out of the house. I mean, not all parents are like this. There are some parents that would love to have their kids around for a long time. But mm-hmm. there is a sense of like you're 18, go off and be American. Like get out, be independent, build your mm-hmm. empire, build you your know, credit, create your identity, your credit. <laughs> yeah, what's What's the credit conversation like in Mexico? Oh, there is no, like, there's no such thing like that. Like, it's not like this. Not that there's, there's no such thing. Like, we have credit cards, right? But um, but it is not, like, like people don't know their credit score. <laughs> it's not something that you're, like, you can just find out when you, like, either get the car loan or you don't. Like, that's it. You know, like, it's not, like. Let's see what <laughs> Like, let's see where we blind. are how much i can afford you know like that's that's huh. pretty much it like here like you you can just check it on your phone and you know all the time you could know all the time um mm-hmm. yeah i didn't i didn't even like start bi- building a credit until i was like a, two years into like living here you know like it was like a different thing like i needed to like have the money for what i was buying because that's how i grew up like you Smart, by the way. Well, now I know, but yeah, now there's credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's a lesson I learned. Dance with it. the devil now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then when you have credit too, I mean, there's you know, there's different kinds of credit, and we get trapped in the U.S. thinking that credit is bad sometimes because mm-hmm. people do get into like credit card debt. But there's also really good credit where you use credit to leverage yourself into investments or property right, or things like that yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's that is you know pretty fascinating although my you know my grandpa is kind of traditional in that sense of you know that generation that saw like you know i'm sure his parents saw like the great depression and stuff like that right. and that was all you know want to be overextended or then you had the 2008 financial crisis so i feel like here it goes in cycles of hopefully we learn something from mistakes and then the next group of people is like oh don't do that because i suffered because of this Mm -hmm. but 
You never know. Not everybody learns these lessons. And I'm not in that group. Yeah. Yeah, I need to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to just trial by fire on yeah, this. Yeah, sure. On this ride. Like, yeah. It'll work itself out. I mean, there's destiny too, you know? Destiny. Oh, destiny? Hey, like, is that's my mortgage lender, I think. Right? <laughs> is that what you're talking about? No? Oh. <laughs> the waitress? No. <laughs> no. no. Not that one. Different destiny. Different destiny, yeah. Okay. A higher one. Ah, the, oh, I think I get it. Yeah. The stars, I checked my asparagus today. <laughs> have you, have you seen that video? The asparagus thing, like yeah. astrology? Yeah. <laughs> it got pretty popular. Yeah. It's yeah. like a, yeah, that's a good one. What, so what, what do you, what are you doing? So you're in the U.S. You're. So I'm in the U.S. right now. Like, what am I doing right now? I am, I started my own little business, uh, well, like six months ago now. Okay. Ooh. Mm. She made it six months. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they have done like every adjustment I need to do to make that work. Cause for a while now, it's like either the business or rent or the green card or like leaving it or like it just, ah. So, um, I am an interior designer. I studied architecture in Mexico. And uh, I did a little bit of architecture in Juno as well. Um, I worked at the Legoland um, master model making facilities uh, back when it was in Carlsbad. And um, yeah, it was probably like the coolest job I've ever had. So I just played Lego all day. So what, tell, talk more about that. So what do you mean? <laughs> that you were building like Lego models? Yeah, or? yeah. So when you go to Legoland, there's Miniland. And there's like, that's like kind of like... I don't know, you get like to see New York City and the subway and like the White House and just a bunch of different iconic buildings. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I did. So when I got hired, they were opening Legoland in Japan hmm. and then finishing the one in Dubai. So the workshop where I was at was like just in charge of making some of the models, most of the models. So we'd make them, pack them up, ship them, but it'd be like, it was this like warehouse with a bunch of like kind of like exhaust tubes <laughs> we cook so we'd use glue to like put them together and the glue was like pretty you know. Uh. So you needed to have this kind of like aspirator thing right on top of it. Uh -huh. Um and then you'd get like paired up or like grouped up with a another model maker and then you'd work with a designer and then they would give you like literally like a layout of how to do it. And first you go through a training and the training is just so you know kind of basic principles of how to make a model stronger. Hmm. And then you graduate the training by making a sphere and then the whole shop will like go out <laughs> when you're done with your sphere and you have to like hold it on top of your head and then let it go. And if it breaks into more than two pieces, you got to start again. And if it holds up, then you're good to go and you start building. That, hear that folks you can be a professional lego builder oh it is a thing that is super legit it's a really cool job huh they got old after a year honestly <laughs> yeah i mean yeah there's some kid out there going like oh my gosh i can do that told yeah. you told you mom yeah no they have like uh afols which is adult fans of lego hmm. and the, the, those people are very they're very jealous of people that get to work at legoland there, there's a uh 
fighter, a UFC champion named Brandon Moreno. Yeah. He's actually a Mexican dude. He was yeah. like the first Mexican UFC champion. And I, I feel like he's really into Legos. I actually remember seeing like a personal video, not like a, from his, like not personally sent it to me, but one of those like get to know yeah. the champ kind of things. Uh-huh. And he had all, is, is, are Legos really big in Mexico or is this just well, a? I had never okay. owned a set. Like I knew about them, right? And I like played with someone that had them. Uh-huh. But I've never owned a set until I got the interview. <laughs> Huh. To, to go <laughs> okay. interview the job. And so, so when I found out what the job was, it was like a Friday. So I went into Toys R Us <laughs> and got um, just a big thing of Lego and then just started building. And that's how I prepared for my interview. That's pretty cool. Now, was this before or after you were studying architecture? After. This was after. Yeah. So you studied architecture and then took that degree right into Lego building. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is that is pretty, pretty cool. Much, yeah. Later cool. on, I, I uh, found out that the, uh, like the application process and like how they picked my resume from like literally thousands of resumes. Cause, like the moment that position is open, there's like a bunch of like. Yeah adult fans of lego that one <laughs> that job right it was because of that like because i had a background in architecture huh. and and yeah that's super cool i guess like the diversity card is also right there you know mm, did you say mexico instead of, of mexico course. yes yeah. i would pronounce it correctly i'm gonna start trying that you should it works for it's me it's the way it goes there are light-skinned folk from south of the border yeah well there's canelo yeah that's the first person i thought of yeah <laughs> or like he has more freckles than me, but yeah. <laughs> um, what's it been like running your own business now for six months? It's scary. Yeah, it's been scary, but it's been really fun too. Like I really love the fact that I'm the owner of my time. Mm. You know, like there's something that takes precedent, and that I know that I'm gonna have to like I don't know, not sleep that day because I have to like send a proposal or whatever or like finish some renderings or like whatever it is that I'm, that I'm doing that like I can do it and I don't have to call someone and just be like, Ooh, can I use three hours to take time? You know, it's just stuff like that. It just drives me crazy. Mm. Um, I can work from wherever I want. Yeah. And that's great. But I've also been experiencing like downfalls of it, you know, like I have no health insurance. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I live in a place where I, like I need to go somewhere else to like take a shower because I still haven't fixed the freaking <laughs> the um the the water heater so it's kind of like uh, you know mm. I don't pay rent but I also like have to go it's like I'm camping for a living so talk a little more about your how you set the yeah t- just give me the rundown on like the you know going in because it sounds like you were you know, working for somebody it sounds like you had some yeah. trauma there around sick time <laughs> at one point and now I, you have to take showers at the park so there's a lot going on there <laughs> so i was um i was fortunate enough to be hired by a designer interior designer here in san diego uh and i worked for her for almost two years like over a year and a half for sure um and i learned a lot i learned how to do consultations and i learned how to like read the client but ultimately there's a big kind of like disconnect where like you, you're a business owner and you have a vision for your business and then you get to, and then you start hiring professionals that actually like went to school to do what the business requires to do and they have their own agenda. Right. So like I, my, my agenda, my like kind of like visual, like my aesthetic or like what I wanted the 
project to look like when I like kind of delivered it to the client and to the contractors was very different than my boss's agenda. You know, like to her, it was a little bit like, well, you're wasting too much time doing this. Mm. I'm like, no, this is the way that we like everyone else is seeing the company. So there was a disconnect there. I also wanted to like work from home sometimes. And that was like a definitely a no-go, like huh. very, very big no-go. And I was like, hmm. How 2019 of them. Right. I mean, there's also like a lot of insecurity or like mistrust and like, yeah. you, you know, your, your employees. So that's hard, but you can't really change that. So yeah, that's how I just said, well, I'm, I'm going to do this on my own and this is supposed to be a land of opportunity. A bunch of people are doing it, like registering for a business, a couple hundred bucks. So, uh, But back then I was renting a studio in Golden Hill and I really loved it. I loved Golden Hill, but it just became so expensive. Just like it just went up and up and up and up at the point where I was just like working just to pay the rent, you know, like mm -hmm. I did construction, like I literally laid tile. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did roofing too. Wow. I know. Um, so I learned a lot there. I learned that I do not want to do roofing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was BS, but... Um, I feel like I did a roof once. I remember like putting the... The like shingles? The nails and under the top of that. I think it's just like the top layer of it, not all the underwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. I did it on a cabin in Washington. That's Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, you know, like I, I'm a big... A uh, supporter of just like putting, just trying a bunch of different jobs. You know, mm -hmm. like, I mean, I haven't just done architecture and Lego building. You know, I've done like a bunch of different things that either I needed to do or I wanted to do just for the heck of it or just to get an experience out of it. And everything really at the end informs like your main goal, which at, right now for me is design um, and just to make my business work from wherever I am. Mm -hmm. um, but but I mean, roofing taught me stuff, like laying tile taught me stuff. And at that point I was just like, okay, like I need to really like either work on the business and really put a hundred percent of my time into it, which is going to mean like I have a green card. I'm not a citizen. So I have to live in the United States. Hmm. And if I move to Mexico, then I, my green card will not be renewed and my citizenship will not be like accepted. Or, hmm. So it's like, it was like a big risk. You know, to just kind of go back to my parents' house and, and risk all that, even though I was going to be like, quote unquote, working remotely, but like had no like clients. <laughs> so mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, a friend of the family has this property in Humul and he has a bunch of trailers and he's like, hey, you want to come and fix a trailer and just live there? So I was like, yeah. I mean, I'd done it before mm -hmm. and it was like very temporary, but this this time I was just like, well, it's going to be like indefinite. That's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, I live in a mortar home right now and it's kind of like a, like super close to like the, the actual house. Mm -hmm. So I say it's like camping because I can do everything, but take a shower. <laughs> if my toilet does have a shower, I just need to fix the water here. When you, you saw that book, Siddhartha, and you're like, I've read this like three times. And yeah. I don't want to, I haven't finished it yet. So don't, I'm at I the very say. end, but. Um, I don't know if there's any more twister turns, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, I will give a little bit of a spoiler alert, you know, and for anybody that hasn't read it. You know, he talks about those three things as just kind of like superpowers or skills, right? Yeah. Thinking, waiting, which is another way to say patience, yeah. and fasting. And when you can do that 
in life to start, you know, to maybe hit the reset button, quit a job that you hate or, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of shift things. You're you're really hitting the reset button. Um, And you can do those three things. You can think and you can wait and be patient and you can have a little bit of resistance to the riches and luxuries in life. Yeah, totally. It gives you a crazy good opportunity to do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, like, I wouldn't change the decisions that I've made lately, Um, but they have been scary, for sure. I mean, sometimes I just want to be like, oh my God, I need air conditioning, you know? Like, (laughs) like, oh my God, I need to, I want to not go outside to turn the gas tank on so that I can cook something. Like, I just want it to be on all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, yeah, it's nothing compared to living in a way that you just don't want to live or living, just waiting for your life to get better. Mm-hmm. That's just like, I had to like people in my life have like come and gone so abruptly that I'm like, why, why am I waiting? You know, like, why am I like, like it's supposed to be the best time now. So what do you need to do to make it work? Like while doing what you're doing. And to me, it was like a revelation. Like you're doing work all the time. So what do you want your work to be like? Like, what do you want your day-to-day life, your your 9 to 5, or like your 9 to 12, you know, if you need to, like, whatever. You're going to spend that much time of your life there. Might as well be, there's this guy, the super cool guy named Eric Stanishek, and he, for the last, like, year or so, he's been saying stuff like, the you know, how you you call things the good old days. Like, people look back and they go, oh, I remember the good old days. He says the good old days are right now. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. I mean, there's a lot of people, like, older people in my life that, like, they just live in nostalgia. And like to me, I just felt like an ache, and like I don't want to like like yes, my mm-hmm. life has been great. I have no complaints, um, and it's been like down and up and down and up, like um, everyone's right. But yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't want to just be like looking back all the time, right? Like when my mom was around, or like you know when like like didn't have to pay rent, or like just, just doesn't work like that. How do you manage? Because you've I think you've said the word fear once, if not twice Mm -hmm. or scary or how do you manage that oh um well i have people to talk to Mm -hmm. Uh, i have a therapist which is great and big (laughs) um and i just have people that i can like relate to in different like aspects of my life like whether it's like love life like i've you know my therapist or my friends that have been like i'm very fortunate in that in that aspect of life, my friends are like awesome. Um, and if it's like a business, like I have uh, people that I've worked with that I have great relationships with that I can just call up and be like, Hey, I'm about to send this like $10,000 proposal. I don't know, you know, and they're like, Oh, let me read it. No, no, you're good. You're good. You know, like, or like I'm about to like, I don't know, like order business cards. <laughs> Do they look good? You know, um, or just stuff like that. So I think it's like, sharing the fear mm. and i i just came from from this um meeting where uh people were talking about it and uh somebody said the fear is very self-centered hmm. like you're always like that kind of it kind of goes back to like the fear of like what's happening to you what's going to mm. happen to you like what are you what are you scared of right so that's uh that kind of like struck a chord and it is very self-centered so like getting off yourself and thinking about the big picture. Right, right. Like sometimes, you know, that, that person may not accept my $10,000 proposal. Like it, but now I've learned that 
it doesn't mean that I have to lower it down, you mm-hmm. know? And I had to learn that by doing a couple of like, oh, sure, I'll work for less. Oh, sure, sure. And then, then I end up losing money. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. The value. The that self-value. Self-value, yeah. Like that's... putting a number on your time. Ooh. Yeah. I remember this guy, this like tech entrepreneur invited me out to uh, Georgia to speak to a group of investors in this company he was building. Wow, oh, what's going on with my ear here? Um, and so I did this like, I don't know, like 20, 25 minute kind of talk, like kind of motivational, but also, you know, business tips, sales mm-hmm. kind of tech stuff for that group. And then and it was a really small, intimate group. I mean, it wasn't like I was standing up on stage. It was like me in front of a just like a table and some guys sitting around, women too, not just guys, you know, group of people. Yeah. So one guy goes, I want to hire you, you know, to help me. And I didn't say I was for hire or anything like that. And I just like gut reaction just instantly was like $1,000 an hour. And he said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it happens. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> and and it, like in my industry is – you usually get, you know, theoretically, you know, you get someone that has a project on their home, you help them out with that project and the project's done and that you're done. But I've come to find out that when you do like a good, like a good job, right? Or like when you build a good relationship, it doesn't even have to go perfectly. Then that turns into a lot more. I mean, I, I hired this app for like targeted advertising. I remember that. Holy moly, that was <laughs> not a lesson learned. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, so a lot of people just wanting a deal or. Oh, not, not even that. Like there was like four months where I didn't even get one call. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I don't really want to pay for these four months. And then you get into like, there's this, again, like this fear of like, well, you're going to go into the credit bureau, you know, like now when you get your immigration uh, interview, then you, that's going to be a red flag. So just better pay for it and come to find out it doesn't work like that. Right. So it was like, it's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I like we said about finding different people too, because, you know, getting to work with a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the things I find that is really hard for people is not having a supportive spouse or mm-hmm. significant other or family sometimes. And, and I, you know, this journal that I gave you to this next level journal, you'll see in there, there's different things. There's a spot for relationships. There's a spot for like business career. There's a spot for mental health, physical health, like all these yeah. little pieces. And that's one thing that has helped me so much is it took me a while to figure out you know, many what feels like a lifetime ago, but I'm like the people in my circle, like they're kind of clueless about <laughs> a lot of things. I start asking more questions, finding more people. And then you figure out like some people are really good. Like if you want to talk about relationships, talk to the guy and his wife that's been, you know, the couple, whatever, that have been married for 37 years right? and are happy and, and understand that there are ups and downs and, you know, there's conflict, whatever, about how to work through totally. that from a place of love. If you... If you want money advice, like talk to the person that retired at 29 or whatever, right? Right. And then you can't really talk to that guy about relationships and the couple Sometimes about the money. You different. know, I mean, it's, yeah. you need to just know who to go for. And yeah, and was, like stay away from the enablers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the people that just go, like, oh my God, you're doing so great. And it's like, uh, probably or, not gonna. Or the opposite, right? Where they're like, oh my gosh, you're gonna start your own business. Like, what about security? And meanwhile, they're like, they can get fired any day. Totally. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can't really talk about starting a business to like, I mean, in, in, in my case, 
like my family has like my grandma was a very like entrepreneurial lady. Go grandma. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like very self-made and she had like three or two, four different businesses. And, but she kind of like made that up. Like there was no one else in my family that was like, it was all about like job security. Like yeah. stay with this one, this one you can retire from. And I'm just like, okay, I'm 37. I'm not going to retire from anything at this point. You know, I'm not going to go like, I mean, not, not the way that people used to do it. So I kind of like made my peace with that and stopped talking to like my family about business and sure. then started talking to other people that had started like businesses and just go like, this is the first step. This is what I did. And like, you don't need everything like kind of spelled out for you, you know, like you can kind of like invent your own way. But um, yeah, I think that's like the beauty of being able to just change. Hmm. Your reality. Your book over there, Siddhartha, what does he says? He says uh, everything is transitory. Yes. Right? He, he in a section where he's talking a lot about that. My my grandma sold cocaine for a while, so she was also very uh, entrepreneurial. entrepreneurial. <laughs> <laughs> you, I never thought about it like that, but when you just said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, what did my grandma do? Oh, yeah, she sold she sold cocaine, so... Uh, <laughs> she did a lot of other stuff too, but there was a there was a highlight moment for her in there where that was a thing. Well, she also like took you in and like you know yeah. showed you oh. showed you the ways. Oh, and- love grandma, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, so. I mean, that's interesting thinking about generations too. Is you know culturally in the U.S. like women's rights in and women business ownership those are all things that have just happened in the last you know generation or two or so what's the conversation like around that in mexico oh that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) um mexico is a very like patriarchal um country and there's a lot of it's it's not safe definitely for women as like it is here mm-hmm. um there is I mean, there's a lot of like belittling and there's a lot of like you know you have to be like super freaking strong and stubborn and resilient uh which you know made women like the ones that like brought me up uh but at the same time there's a lot of like fear again mm-hmm. because like even even our president is 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 kind of clueless as to like what like women are worth you know and what we can do and so the conversation is very different sadly yeah i know i, I was i think i was a combination of reading and listening or maybe just listening something about the how the mexican presidency works and i guess there's like a six-year cap on it so after six years there's someone new no matter what yeah you know, here we have the two elections but the Mexico-U.S. relationship seems really interesting from a, a lot of perspectives. I guess we import a ton yeah. of stuff from there. And I, I don't even think about it because I, when I look at stuff, I see made in China or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, that's uh, – I guess we really rely on each other as countries even though there's all this strict uh, – there's these guidelines to come back and forth or to live here or there. Oh right, like we can we can provide goods, but we can't like live here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. or, or 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 start businesses here, or like you know, like yeah. have babies here. You know, just it's it's, it's crazy. Plus, we I think there's still you know Malinche. You know who Malinche is? Mm-hmm. Malinali. So she was uh, Hernan Cortez's translator, and we have this 
Like she turned she she turned into like this like legend hmm. of of betraying the country, like betraying the because she kinda told I'm 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 sure I'm not telling the story completely right, but she told uh, Hernan Cortez where, like, the gold was or, like, who was, you know, like, kind of, like, betraying them or who was going to, like, rise against them or whatever because she had, like, quote-unquote fallen in love with him. She kind of, she kind of like, had a couple of his babies at some point. And um, so we use the term as, like, oh, you Malinche. It's like you're, you're kind of, like, betraying your, your roots. Mm. And I feel like we have this kind of, like, Malinchista um like way of thinking where if it's like, if it's coming from Mexico, like it's not like as good or you can haggle, you know, um, we're like, you know, we provide a lot of like goods, you know? And then yeah. I just, I feel like there's only one president that I remember that has not had that attitude. Um, as we sent the Fox and then he was kind of like, like people didn't like him because he wanted to legalize drugs. And I was like, well, that's, that makes complete sense. Like, we're just making, like, the people in the government make money off of the payoffs, and we want to keep that system going where we could just, like, turn it into taxes. Hmm. You know what I mean? So um, I, this guy, what he did, the, the current president right now, what he did um, with the Cuban um, president, so he had the American president kind of go in um, for, like, a visit. Biden? No, before Trump. Trump. Yeah. Okay. I heard that. I mean, all hearsay, but actually, you know, I know I got this. I got actually got off a podcast where Trump and the old or the current Mexican president they actually had a pretty decent relationship because we just kind of stayed out of the business. Right. Said, you guys do it, your thing. Exactly. It's just like just keep it going like this. When I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So the Cuban president was was supposed to have this dinner, and Trump didn't want to see him. So the Mexican president literally like called him. It's like, oh yeah, just we'll have your dinner and then go back. And what the Cuban president did, which was like really freaking smart, was like he published the conversation. Hmm. So we were all like, I was embarrassed. Hmm. Like, you don't, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you don't do that. Yeah. Like, you don't just bend over. Like, what, what are we, what are they going to do? Oh, stop buying avocados? <laughs> you know, like, are we going to stop, like, you know, like being the route where like drugs come from? No. By the way, avocados are fruit. Oh, I know <laughs> that's going so to avocado. sad. <laughs> I feel so now. I feel really bad for you. Oh man, I've eaten Mexican food for so much of my life. Yeah, and now I just have to do straight cheese quesadillas. Um, just not the yellow cheese kind, though, right? I, now, what's the deal with yellow cheese? I've been hearing we don't have so it. It doesn't. It's not a real thing, it's right? It's thing. like food dye or something. Yeah. I mean, I've literally just been eating like fish and steaks. So, but I do love cheese quesadillas. Yes. Um, I totally detracted off of the, <laughs> just thinking about food well, all the time. Well, avocados are important in one side. Yeah, they, <laughs> they used to be. Uh, and there's different avocados in different uh, regions. Like yeah. when you go further south, like uh, especially in reference Brazil, but they have these giant avocados. Right, ours are small. throw them in a blender with bananas and you throw a little bit of milk in there and they call it vitamin, vitamina. Oh. And it's like super good. The avocado is a little sweeter, so... I never had like an avocado in a smoothie until I came to California. Mm, well, and it, no, I think it's like Haas avocados because like the yeah, more yeah. guacamole. Yeah. Yeah. Theirs are huge and sweet. Mm. So it's totally, totally different. Yeah. No, I was just like a savory thing. So with the, you know, thinking of the drugs and the cartels, obviously, obviously and all those things, I mean, 
it seems like a really interesting relationship between cartels, violence, and the government, where sometimes the cartels just get upset and yeah. they take over a city or something yep. like that. Like that seems wild. It is wild. Yeah. yeah. And everyone knows about it. That's that's the the, the huh. wildest part. It's like everyone kind of either like I mean you you live in a country where the, the government is kind of looking out for itself. Mm-hmm. So then you learn how to look out for yourself, right? So mm-hmm. if you like being on the side of like out of the way of the cartel is going to keep you safe, then you do that, right? So I feel like that's that's why they can just take over whole cities or towns, rename them, make them into fortresses, and like so wild. yeah, yeah. Huh. Everyone talks about this town where El Chapo had like kind of taken over but like he built like schools and hospitals and like it like a freaking airport in there or something like that and so everyone in the town loved the dude yeah that's the same podcast and I, i'm trying to think of what the heck podcast it was but uh what the guest name was he was saying that there's like different generations of cartels mm-hmm. and that that's like the el chapo like that generation they were all about business in a sense of you know the government can exist over there we'll coexist just don't mess up our drug business whereas the new there's even something called like the new generation something cartel where they're more they're just way more aggressive they don't care as much there's not that sense of respect of like stay out of our business we'll stay out of yours they're They're, the children of the old ones yeah they're more like trying to make a statement like build a legacy off of you know violence and craziness Mm -hmm. not to say the old cartels weren't violent but they just there is this kind of agreed upon you know this is my town we'll build skills schools and take care of you and take care of grandma the new cartels like you know sorry grandma see you later right you know, throws her in the river or whatever. Cause oh, and then there's much. like, like, you know, cartel wars, like within like different cartels. And that's mm-hmm. where it becomes really, like, really dangerous because they will like, you know, run over whomever or like, you know, make a point however they want to make a point or however they can. And that's, you know, they, they start messing with like regular citizens, um, which has, you know, just made the country that more dangerous. There was that thing recently where, they mistook a group of tourists for uh, association with the cartel and just like wiped out like yeah. four or five, six people or something. That's yeah. like, that's a mistake. Oops. Yeah. It's a wild they, world. And then they came out and apologized. <laughs> yeah, like we're so, that <laughs> they is had crazy. A PR, they had a, they their PR was like, that wasn't good. Welcome <laughs> to 2023. Yeah. There's this really cool book. I just, it was reminding me of that. See that red one, Steven Pinker. The better angels of our nature. Right. Why violence has declined. You know, it's super interesting thinking about all this stuff, right? Because we live in a a world where it's like fear headlines. Oh my gosh, there's danger. There's always something trying to scare you. And yeah, that's a reality. You know, we're talking about it's not like it doesn't exist or it's super far away. It's a few miles away. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's gangs here in the U.S. And, you know, there's all kinds. There's violence everywhere. You can go... Anyone on the planet and still see violence, but statistically, other than, you know, living in the middle of like, sadly, a place like Ukraine right now, or yeah. some of these like really, you know, conflict war driven areas, but statistically the violence as a person, like just overall across the earth is way down from what it was a few hundred years ago. Hmm. 
Uh, I think one of the stats that book points out is that, you know, if we were in a group of six people, like one person out of that group had a, a probability of being violently murdered. I don't know. I'm laughing at this. It's not, it's not funny, but it's just kind of wild to think about, Yeah, you know, violently murdered by the time they were 28 or 30, like one in six people died of a violent homicide. Like you got hit with a sword or uh-huh. <laughs> something crazy. So we live in a safer place, generally speaking, you know, it's not obviously for everybody. Um, but we still, but there still is violence and there still is, you know, nastiness out there. Right. There's new kinds of violence too. I mean, there's like emotional violence. There's like release a virus that's designed to jump into people and mm-hmm. do more damage violence. Right. Yeah. That caused a lot of damage. Right. And then like make shows like the last of us, where it's just like <gasps> super relatable. Okay. Like so I have Handmaid's tale too. I haven't seen that, but my nephews have been all over me about it since I actually got one of them the video game a while ago. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that, you know, before the TV show came out and all that stuff. And so um, when it came out, they were just all pumped because they've been playing. They're like, Uncle Derek, the video game you got is like, it's really cool. It's yeah. crazy, right? And now it's just this thing. And so I get these little text messages or voice memos or I'm talking to them on FaceTime and they're just like, you know, what do you think? Do you think that this, like a, a mushroom spore could really turn us into zombies? <laughs> now it seems like there's actually all this like science and, and things that kind of show like that's mm-hmm. a realistic probability. Is that, I mean, is that a real thing as far as you know? I, as far as I know, I have no clue. Seems crazy. Uh, no, I, I don't know. But I, I mean, I think the the cool thing about that show is just like the relatability. <laughs> like that one in The hand, Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen either one of them. That that one's scared the crap out of me. Really? Yeah, because it's like, you know, you see places where you go to generally, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, like in the Handmaid's Tale, it's like, oh, like th- this kind of sect or like this like group of people became really wealthy and powerful, and now they're like building their own towns, and they're like kind of like kidnapping p- people from like the real world and like putting them into their town. Hmm. And, uh, but then in the real world, things are happening as well. Where like this couple, um, couldn't go, like she couldn't go to CVS anymore because she needed like her husband's permission. What? But it was like set in like kind of like real time. So I was like, holy hmm. shit. That I mean, that totally happened. <laughs> I mean, that, I feel like the whole, there are some like, you hear crazy stories of relationships with super controlling people or right. like kind of stuff like that. No, but this was like government like required. Oh, wow. So this so is like, like, it's a law that you have to ask your yes, husband for permission. Yes. I feel like that's just like what happened a few hundred years ago in some places or still exists <laughs> in like, sadly, some of like Iran or something like that. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like, it's always like kind of like existed there, which doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Like I think that this show would be, yeah, exactly. Like, Like, no, you can't get this podcast. (laughs) No, I would have to have someone's permission. Huh. That's wild. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like forget about starting your own business or quitting your job. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, and again, we're very fortunate to be where we're at in this time and era to be able to do stuff like this because not everybody Oh, absolutely. Get to access. It would have cost me probably like double the amount of effort and money to do what I'm doing in my country. Huh. Whereas here is like a lot more common. Yeah. Like even if it doesn't work out, then it's fine, you know? Yeah. Like you just go into a different like tax bracket or whatever. (laughs) You know, kind of thinking about the history too, you know, if you go back 
far enough. This is really with any group of people. You know, sometimes we section it out by color or race or however you want to look at it. Mm. But it doesn't matter if you were white or brown or purple or whatever. But this sense of, you know, you mentioned like kidnapping people from certain areas. Yeah. Like that's been just part of human history. You know, right? there's yep. there's this book called White Cargo that just talks about the white slave trade for a long time. You know, and you had Celtic folks that would, you know, take the poor people and sell them to other groups of people. And you just like slavery in general is kind of a nasty thing that's happened for as long as we can look at in a book at least. Yep, yep. Yeah. I've been uh, kind of benching this show and I'm not comparing this to slavery, but it's like <laughs> mind boggling. Um, it's this show called Indian Matchmaker. Indian Matchmaker. On okay. Netflix. Tell me more. I highly recommend it. It huh. is one of those, you can binge that because it's just so entertaining and it's been happening for forever there, right? Like, and it's part of the, oh, like the cast system. No, just, well, the cast system, yes, but then also this one, I mean, this show is just about matchmaking. Okay. So it's like so, you have to marry this girl or that guy. Or, right. But yeah. then you could really see the pressure in the families and how like seriously the family is taken, you know? Because I mean, like in my case, I grew up in Mexico and like if my parents would have been like, oh, you have to marry a 23, I would have been like, <laughs> no. And that was it, you know? And I would have been the rebellious child or whatever. But here it's like the pressure will not stop until they, oops, until they marry. <laughs> Getting excited about marriage. <laughs> <laughs> until they marry. And then, and then the yeah. kids, like, quote unquote kids, because some of them are 35, 36, like, you know, which is like kind of older to be married um, in that culture. Yeah. Um, they listen. Like, they are like, well, now I have to make my parents happy. It's definitely some do. I think there is more. One of my, I have a buddy, this guy, Vic, he's a Canadian Indian or Indian Canadian. I'm not sure which uh -huh. way to do that, but he lives in Canada, Canadian citizen and from India. And we would, we would talk all the time and his parents would, you know, he's like, Oh, I gotta talk to my dad. Uh, he's still trying to get me to marry this woman, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I found this joke the other day and it was like a, t a tweet by someone and said, you know, Americans don't understand Indian parents. Said like my dad still asked me if I'm ever gonna go get my PhD. This conversation happens once a year. I'm 38. <laughs> and I sent that to him and he's just like, that is so funny. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's this pressure of there's a certain way we're doing things and you should fall into line. Right. Yeah. I used to I, I used to date this guy from India and he had been married before. Then he got divorced and he like dated around for a while. And then he was like, well, you're not really, you know, like who I'm supposed to marry, but you know, we can kind of like, uh, still date until I actually marry. You know, it's like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, like the substitute until the marriage happens. Right. Like, cool. I'm like, yeah, no, it's not gonna work for me. Um, it's not a bad strategy. <laughs> Plus, he told me. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah, it was very nice of him to be honest. <laughs> he, he was very honest, was to, to be fair. Here's how this is going to work. Yeah. Can't marry you, but need a girlfriend for like one to three years. Right. <laughs> and then like when I actually find my Indian wife, then, you know, we just can't talk anymore. It's like, okay. But yeah, he hmm. there's there's just apps just to find, you know, your spouse. Hmm. And people do it and they work. Could and then there's like that. the divorce rate is so low. Yeah. It's so freaking low. There's this high expectation of once you're in, you're, you're, you're in. in. And I, there's also, 
from my understanding, like a very, very strong sense of like female, sub, I don't know if subordination is the right word, mm-hmm. but like the man of the house is the man of the house. And even if I'm super dissatisfied, I have, you know, generations and generations of social pressure saying I must stay in this marriage. Right. There is no divorce. Right. Um, you know, some people might go, that sounds like a hostage situation (laughs) where one person doesn't want to be there, but the other person is like, sorry, you're my wife. So that is kind of wild. Yeah. I mean, that's why we were talking about slavery and I was like, that made me think of this show and like all the couples that they show, you know, they they just go like, oh, 30 something years married, 40 years, 50 years, whatever. And they showed like little clips and then you could see kind of like, there's kind of like an unspoken deal in there. Like, Maybe they're not even in love anymore, but they're just like, there's a partnership there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and some people are super sweet and nice and like the arranged marriage thing where they, you know, sadly, I wonder if they ever actually experience like a, you know, like a very romantic love because mm-hmm. they're married at a young age or yeah. whatever. And then they grow to love each other in terms of the life partnership aspect. Like right. They're very supportive, but there was never the... You know, having dinner in Paris with the <laughs> Eiffel Tower lit up in the background. like Because that, that's the old Disney b- romantic. <laughs> yeah. You mean that's not a real thing? That's not how that works? I think it is. It's oh, true. There you At go. At some point. <laughs> it's, it's possible. To me, it looks different, but yeah. 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 What's the, you know, we have the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. There's like the sense of the American dream. What, you know, do you have a, a grasp on what the like Mexican dream would be? If there's any sense of that, ah, it's another good question. I think the the, the Mexican dream is is kind of a, a taboo. There's there's a couple. I think you know. There's like having your own little ranch and like mm. you're so sufficient and you're like, but there's like not a lot of those left mm-hmm. or it's not even safe <laughs> to do that you know mm-hmm. uh and the other one is to just like be an export you know like just do what i'm doing and just like get permission to live somewhere else and make it somewhere else and then have the ability to come and go as you please and then you know kind of but like it doesn't really mean making mexico mexico <laughs> mexico <laughs> oh, i got you i've you converted you to you're american now we're just going to edit that part. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Mess up your language. Um, are there any other countries that you find are popular for, uh, you know, folks in Mexico to move aside from the U.S.? Canada? Yeah, Canada. Spain? Seems, Canada seems super open to, like, just bring us the people, mm-hmm. or they have been. Yeah. So Canada, Spain. A couple of my friends are living in Canada. Uh, a couple are living in Spain. And usually the ones that um live in spain they don't really want to come back they were like one of them like lost like she didn't lose it but she like didn't renew her u.s visitor visa and she's like i don't really care like i I could never go to disneyland ever again it doesn't matter Hmm. so i mean go spain go spain right i have a friend that went to colombia it's like my friends that are leaving the u.s or have left the u.s they it doesn't seem like they care to come back. Right, like there's yeah. a sense of joy or just like different lifestyle and I'm into it. I mean, you can only be around the Westfield Plaza for so long. <laughs> yeah. I really do live in a little bubble. So, I mean, that's like, I don't know. Yeah. Try to avoid grocery stores and uh-huh. all of all of that stuff. I think living 
in Brazil taught me that though. Like one thing when I was in Brazil is I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. And I live there. So cool. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and it's not like they had this amazing public transportation system. You would go sit at the bus stop and then you're like, I wonder when the bus will get here. Oh yeah. But you get used to that. Yeah. And you totally work with it. Like you were talking about the agenda. There's not this, I think the word I, I want to use is inertia in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like there's a strong sense of forward inertia production go goal like what am i going to do the next three or four steps like for yeah. three, like and there it's mortgages like, are like 10 years and like what? whoa <laughs> 20 years like what what do you mean 20 years like yeah yeah i was scared to buy my car mm. and you know like get a lease on a car like i never had a new car right and then i like finally got the yeah. means to actually like put some money down and like get my credit checked again <laughs> ah. and like get it approved and i was like wait what they approved it like i get to like drive off and you does this mine? Like, <laughs> kind of. Well, in five years, you know. But I was like, yeah. five years wasn't that much to me. But at first, like when I first moved, I was like, five years. Yeah. You know, like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? Seems like a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about inertia society. No, it's you. you're good. It's just it's this uh, this in other parts of the world. I can't speak for the whole world. I've only been. I mean, like maybe. Nine or ten countries, mm-hmm. it's somewhere I don't know. Call it seven to a dozen. So leaves me wide open to make sure it's accurate. <laughs> but there is a sense of uh, like here, if the bus doesn't show up on time, we're oh, you know yeah. our blood pressure is going up. Oh, yep. the, oh, the subway is late. Like boom, boom, boom. There, yeah. it's like cool, normal. And when I, if I show up a half an hour late, doesn't matter because I just tell everybody, oh, bus didn't show up. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's normal. And people are okay with it. Totally they understand. Yeah. 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 It's funny because parties have like a start and 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 end like time here. Yes. Yeah, and end time. Yes. Got bedtime. Bedtime. Gotta get up tomorrow and be productive. Yeah. Even if it's a weekend, I don't know. Like, Hmm. I I mean, I'm kind of jaded because in Mexico, Mexico, you know, weddings can be like two or three days. (sighs) Yeah. And there's literally there's just a start time, and then you leave whenever. What. I, you're making me think about two things. One is, since the U.S. is such a melting pot, there's not a lot of shared cultural norms, like quinceañeras, for example. Yeah. Did, I, did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't, I mean, there, that doesn't exist, right? Because yeah. it's, you know, the U.S. is a mix of people. The other thing is, like, the very original founders, if you think about, like, I don't know if Quaker is the right word, Puritan, mm-hmm. but that whole very, very strong religious doctrine that was in place around where some of these, you know, cities started and the people that formed them. That is a very high discipline, fear of God, you know, go to bed early, wake up tomorrow and till the farm type of thinking. So I kind of feel like maybe that has influenced and kind of converted into part of this, you know, productive nature. Now there are exceptions. You go live in New York or LA or some things like that. I mean, LA still has that whole agenda driven thing, but yeah. New York has more of a sense of, you know, can go all night. So it never sleeps type thing. Yeah. 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 So maybe, maybe we need to institute some things other than the 4th of July <laughs> that are like, socially acceptable to relax in the middle of the week. I think it's just like as, as, as long as like minorities keep like 
growing and like kind of like breathing with (laughs) with other people bring on the brown people right like (laughs) it's just like your life will be better oh oh, wow okay i like it well maybe we'll have less aversion to fruit um have you found a good group of uh like non-white people (laughs) that share these like you know let's just show up whenever kind of thing that's not the best way to put it but (laughs) yeah yes yes and no i think i think there's like a certain like you have to be adaptable right and like just like confirm You have to put your appointments because like people do it here. And so you, you get a little bit like whitewashed, um, uh, which is okay. You know, it is part of it. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not to say that I don't have like white friends. I do, but they're few. (laughs) Um, feel privileged. Yes. You are very privileged. Um, no, I just feel, uh, terrible joke. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that there's, um, just the, the 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 more people that you meet, and the more like you know, like I I find myself like being like friends with with brown people or like with like people with like brown background at least more, <laughs> and then I you know I get to like make fun of make fun of the whites. <laughs> like this I'm getting so, so much trouble when this goes I'm so out. Sorry. We've gone down a, thank you for being the representative for all of Mexico too. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, you're I like you're definitely the, speak for my whole country. Yeah, it works well. We'll we'll see how much backlash this gets. Um, but uh, the you know yeah the adaptability. What I mean it's it's there are cultural differences though, mm-hmm. and we all have to be adaptable and. Things change, and I think, I mean, the country is changing right now, and we definitely need some things to shake it up a bit. Yeah. You know, because if you don't have a foundation of some sort of tradition that holds everyone together, you, you know, more chaos erupts. Who could save? I think that there's a, in order for that to happen, mm-hmm. Um, and I might just go back on my word eventually or whatever, but like right now, I think, um, there's a lot of like white guilt as well <laughs> that drives, you know, like the opportunities mm. that you're given mm. as opposed to just like, just, you know, like, let's just make this, a, a, a like a togetherness or like a combination of fucking salad of cultures and get whatever we think is best for us or whatever works for us yeah. and just kind of let the guilt like just... <laughs> Just let it go, you know, because like, you can't be guilty forever. Yeah, th- I think a lot of that is people trying to figure out, you know, well, how come I don't have this thing, right? And it's so much easier for us as people, you know, we got to feed this ego thing to yeah. just point and blame and go, oh, I don't have a nice car because X, Y, Z. I'm not saying this is what everybody says, but, you know, I... The white guilt thing, I don't think, has affected me as much for whatever reason, which I feel uh, really. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't really like come across that way. Well, that's that's good. I, I'm, that's a compliment. You know, I could be kind of blind. <laughs> thing. I could be kind of blind to some of that, obviously. Yeah. Right, because there's a lot of, you know, subconscious wiring and things like that. But I also feel a part of it is because of how I grew up. You know, I mean. Like I remember one of my, this sounds kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird memory, but it's like, like sleeping in a homeless shelter, uh-huh. but I was actually having fun. You know, yeah. I was like, I, for some reason as a kid, I treated these things. A lot of people think as hardships. 
as like an adventure. Yeah. Because I, I don't know, for whatever reason, just focused on like, this is kind of cool and exciting. Like, these are new people. What's yeah. up, homeless dude on the bunk bed over the, there? The joy of being a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But some people will take those, whatever their version of that is, and go, Oh, just suffer forever. Yeah. And then blame others for, and this doesn't matter what color or race someone, this is just a people thing, human nature thing. So, you know, um, it is, uh, it is a pretty interesting conversation and, and guilt maybe sometimes does have a place. Uh, at the same time, you can look at the world we live in now. And, you know, you, if you look at different, Wealthy, how are you doing on time? You're good. Okay. I mean, you could easily go find someone like a Steve Harvey or a Dave Chappelle or people like that. And they have all these, you know, motivational talks of like, you know, they're the ones that'll say, doesn't matter. Right. Figure it out. So that's interesting. It's hard to think of Dave Chappelle as a motivation. I know. Yeah, right? He, that guy is, man, he's so funny. He's funny. He's so eloquent. He's super smart. Yeah. Highly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, the one time I've seen him mm-hmm. uh, live, like I've seen all his his specials, right? I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, but one time I saw him live and he was so bitter. Yeah. Everyone else in the show was better than him. Ooh. It was like this comedy tour and I saw Chris D'Elia and Kristen Wiig. It was like, they were when so was it? good. Oh, I want to say like like 20, 2018, 2019, okay. or something like that. Uh, I had the same experience with him, but it was like 2009 or something like that. It was a while ago. He was like like chain smoking and like really buff, like really, just really strong. And huh. I don't know what had happened to him like that day or earlier or whatever. He was still funny. It wasn't like a deep fake shave? <laughs> no, it was live. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was live. Super interesting. Yeah, but he was just like such a downer. And I was expecting so much more, right? Like, just yeah. because everyone else kind of made up for it, I was like happy. But yeah, and then, and then you see him at this like specials, like you know, later on, and it's just people have off days, you know, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's like that when you think about like really, really successful people, they have just more good days and they have off days, and uh-huh. there's like a pattern to that. Yeah, but. You know, comedians, I remember Eddie Murphy talking about bombing on stage, you know, and hearing things like that. And you're like, you see a specials and you're like, this guy never bombed. He's amazing. Yeah. He got up there like everybody else and had a super crappy day. And you just really <laughs> hope that day is not in front of 10,000 people. <laughs> right. But the, that was actually my experience with Dave Chappelle was, it was actually probably, I don't know how long ago it was. I have to go find out. Somewhere in the year, like 2001 to 2013 or something. So mm-hmm. Whenever he wasn't, you know, hadn't disappeared. Right. But it was right, was it right before he disappeared? Um, and it was a show in Sacramento. And people were just, for one, they just wouldn't let him do his damn comedy. And this was like a arena. And they were just yelling, I'm Rick James, you know, just like totally just being douches. Yeah. And Sacramento actually is known in the comedy community, at least from some of the comedians I've heard talk about it or a couple that I've talked to, is it's kind of a, a they just don't like doing shows there because they say people are douchey mm-hmm. as an audience member they're they heckle more they're just like it's a weird vibe and i'm like yeah i lived in sacramento i can totally see that yeah um but he like swore he would never do another show in sacramento like the show was going good and he was kind of funny and then it just he started just ripping into the crowd people got removed by security yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was kind of a mess i, I can definitely see that yeah like sacramento. he had this way of like kind of like leaning into the the 
the the speaker uh-huh. that's in front of him and and just like putting his his hand on his I'm looking knee. at my body posture right now hold on okay, I'm gonna change yeah very powerful <laughs> <laughs> and then just I, I remember he said I know a bunch of you here just to see me fail and I was like wow how is he gonna come back from that one <laughs> yeah was this after something major happened or? I don't know 2018 what was going on with him there yeah he he you know people are under I could be wrong with the date to be honest I'm really bad with dates but I wonder if that was when that transgender thing came out no 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 it was before it was before that? yeah okay. he, he didn't have a riff with transgender people back then <laughs> man just touching all of it or <laughs> well, <I'm> not <laughs> probably not that <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not that yeah so is there anything that you just you know you really want to talk about or get into that we didn't we didn't touch on no I don't Okay. Not really. No, no, no agenda. Cool. Well, I mean, it's been it's been super fun. We could yeah. we could totally wrap here if you want, or share nothing. You want to give it, give your business a plug, website, all that stuff, Instagram. Well, my business, the name is Erie Lamar Studio. It's I R I D A M A R Studio dot com. Um, and yeah, for any of your interior or exterior design. Interior, exterior. Now, will you work with someone outside of the San Diego area? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can, so you can work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywhere. You can do remote design for sure. Okay. Out yeah. of country? Yes. Okay. For sure. Like someone in Italy. Hopefully. Okay. What about Alaska? Alaska's <laughs> not out of the country, but yeah. Alaska is, might as well be, you know? They call, they call <laughs> the, the lower, lower, what is it? The lower Arctic Circle? No, I forget what they call the rest Apparently of the country. Apparently, you can see Russia from there. <laughs> well, there's a lot of Russians. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of be. Russians. So there's a lot of Orthodox churches. I actually worked on the like, huh? uh, like kind of remodel or like, well, more like, like a like a revamping situation. Like we had to keep everything the way it was, but huh. kind of like remake. Leave um, the original structure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And uh, it's, well, there's a bunch of like uh, people that came from Russia to Alaska. You know, through that little stretch of ocean there, and um, yeah, especially in the Aleutian Islands, mm. they're like there's nothing but like a church and like an Orthodox Russian mm. church. I mean, the, there is a. I made that joke because it was at what VP candidate? Did was she the VP? Sarah Palin. Yeah, she made that. I could see Russia from my backyard, kind of thing. <laughs> and you're like, all right, but if you look at some of the really old maps or some other you know i read all this prehistory stuff or have been you know apparently there's like a land bridge or i don't know if there still is my geography up there's not that great but like there was some sort of connection that there isn't now where you could at one point like walk yeah yeah maybe walk as a stretch because it's a pretty long right no but there is a like a little like you know yeah for lack of a better word stretch of like like land okay or like between like the one point of the country huh. to like one of the islands for the longest time, I thought it was the Illusion Island, but it's oh, the Illusion Island. Illusion, like okay. A-L-U, yeah. Something like that. Um, <laughs> super weird question, but very curious. You ever been in an igloo? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, I didn't. So I come, I realized Do that. Do those still the, exist? Yes. Oh, so cool. And I, I realized that the, like, the term Eskimo mm-hmm. is kind of like a derogative yeah, term. Yeah, not a good. 
I did not know that. That's why I said Inuit people earlier. Yes, yes. So (laughs) So you're up there just like, what's up, my Eskimo friend? Oh, no. Okay. You didn't do that, though. I did not, but it was like a good catch from someone that was also from out of town. It was like, oh, yeah, just by the way. I know. That's why they have those like Eskimo pies and stuff like that. Like, no, it's not not a brand. No, 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 no. No, we call them Clinkets and Haydas. Those are the the natives. Yeah. Do you learn anything... Anything cool from like that, just like culturally, that that stands out that you'd like to carry with you in life? Or? I learned how to say thank you in Klinkid, Ganeshish. Ganeshish? Yeah. That's cool. I might be saying that uh, wrongly, but um, huh. there's a lot of uh, just, just respect for their elders. And whenever the elder is talking, you just shut up. Uh, hmm. But also, elders really kind of guide with respect. You know, they kind of guide with. With like like I we know it's not working like it doesn't work the way it used to so this is mm. like what we did. There's a lot of um, knowledge that comes from nature and the way that nature works and the way that nature just teaches you things. There's a lot of like people are all about disconnecting and like Wi-Fi isn't supposed to even like work everywhere. You know, it. yeah, yeah. So that that part. What did you think? By the way, plug this. What did you think of the coffee? At the coffee was, was it good? no, yeah, it was really good. You liked it? Did yes. you feel like it had like was it strong? It was strong. It was really almost Turkish. Almost Turkish, right? Wow. Like like, like kind of dense, which is good. Yeah, that's okay. So it's no. only the like second cup I've had of like the first real batch of that, but that's the oh. Kona blend. Okay. Uh, plug for my own coffee company from Shady Lion. Shady Lion, Shady Lion Coffee. But I had a cup yesterday. And I told you, I like kind of passed out and then I woke up and I was like, I'm going to be productive tonight. It was like Friday night <laughs> yeah. and I don't, I don't drink coffee after two or 3 PM most of the time, like mm-hmm. very rare, but I made like a little cup last night around six thirty or seven. And I realized around 10 o'clock, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to bed for a while. <laughs> and it was just really strong, but it doesn't taste, uh, like to me, it didn't taste very strong. No, it didn't. What'd you think I mean, the- that and the mushrooms. Oh, did you like the mushroom I thing did. too? Yes. Cool. So we should probably clarify those are uh renewed Chagachino mushrooms. <laughs> there were no hallucinogenics put into the coffee. I've had people call me like the mushroom guy lately. Really? Like, Do I give off this like hippie mushroom vibe? Because I just you know, they're functional mushrooms from a farm. I, I mean, now that you say it, maybe you do. a little bit. Okay. Right. Yeah, and someone it's like, not a bad some, thing. Someone just made like a like a business person made a comment like, oh, you know, it'd be fun to do mushrooms with you. And I'm like, what makes you think I do that? <laughs> Twice a year at the state of the state. <laughs> Doesn't Tim Ferriss do like like uh, like his little rituals where he's like homeless for like a couple, couple days a year or like he fasts for like hmm. a week every six months or something like that? Don't be surprised. It's actually good for you. I've definitely done that. So I'm not saying I haven't. But I don't know why people think that. <laughs> but uh, fasting is super good. Um, and there is a lot of research, you know, going back to the fear thing and going back to like Puritan, Orthodox, you know, kind of this drugs are bad and labeling those, thing, labeling those things. If you study a lot of, if you go like really deep into some history, mm-hmm. um, there's a really cool book called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. A lot of people I've actually that, heard of that one. Yeah. Okay. Have you? Read I haven't it read or? it. No. 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 So I've I've kind of read across all these different things, and there's there's really good, you know, even scientific evidence 
of finding residue, like psychedelic residue on some of these old religious artifacts from mm-hmm. ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So there's one theory and it's super taboo. I mean, if, you know, the probably upsets a lot of people to hear it, but I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't know. This is, you know, based on them finding psychedelic residue and, and scripture and looking at these things, uh, that communion originated as a, a psychedelic or mushroom type of sacrament to induce <laughs> a religious or holy Communion, like the Catholic community. Like yeah. The body like of Christ. Super taboo subject. So yeah. the Catholic Church at one point was trying to get rid of a lot of some of these books from back then because they didn't like it. And I'm, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about the Catholic Church or offend anybody. So it's literally just, but it's, you know, there's, they just are finding all this stuff and they're like, hey, we should at least have this as a conversation. You can't just say no. And well, that's, it. that's, that's, I mean, I grew up Catholic. Yeah, in a private Catholic school. Like my 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 family still goes to church yeah. every Sunday, uh, but there is that this kind of like history of kind of like covering mm. whatever doesn't serve like the church as opposed to the religion. Yeah, I mean, wh- wh- so let's sad. pretend like what if go down that rabbit hole, right? What if that actually was something to help a church? I'm not saying the Catholic church, but let's mm. pick any church. Like, what if that was help, what help people connect, you know, yeah. with something bigger than ourselves? It is something that would be technically God-given since it's from nature. I guess you could argue and say, oh, no, Satan grew the mushrooms. I guess that would be one argument, so I could totally understand that. But well, Because Satan's, like, in hell, and then hell is down below, and the, as opposed to heaven. Like. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking, like, theoretically. <laughs> it could be like, no, it's like Satan's trick to get you to think it's bringing uh, you closer to God. So gotcha, gotcha. I, I could I could see okay. this as an argument, right? Kind of like I'm trying to, like, battle my own, you know, thoughts, like yeah. argue with myself, essentially. But um, for a lot of cultures, for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years, Things like that, like uh, ayahuasca or peyote yeah. or whatever, have been rites of passage that help people get over their ego. And you do it as a ceremony. Yeah, like it's a, it's, a, and you're supposed to like, yeah, it's not detox to like before. party and be no. wild and crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not so that you I'm escape the things your to help people be better people. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Last call. Anything else? <laughs> No, I think I'm good. Okay, you got your plug in there? Yes. Uh, we have our studio. Uh, dot com? Dot com. Dot com. We'll put it on the, put it on the thing, too. Okay. Thanks for <laughs> coming by. Hope you had fun. Thank you. I did. Absolutely. <laughs> Yay, the mouse still